Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Bullying is out of control, not only for kids and adolescents in the school system, but also for nurses. It's completely toxic. This is our first in a series of our back to school episodes, and we're going to talk about bullying today. I have on my very good friend, Dimitri Hakitis, who is the CEO and founder of Boo to Bullying, which was born in 2011 as a grassroots youth empowerment program with a clear mission to eradicate bullying, intolerance, and discrimination. He designs programs for youth from 8 to 12 years old with a multimedia approach to social emotional awareness, and it gives young people the tools to help foster a healthy self-image and to learn to speak their truth. Joining us today is Solange Signoret, who is the Boo to Bullying Youth Ambassador. This should be a fun episode. Well, welcome to the show, nurses and hypochondriacs. Today, we're going to be talking about bullying, and I have my favorite anti-bullying organization, Boo to Bullying. I have Dimitri Hakitis. Welcome. He is Hi. a founder and president, and also Solange Signoret, who Hi. is the girl's ambassador, yes. right? Well, welcome to the show, guys. I'm so excited to finally do this. Thank you for Here- having us. Thank you for being here. And we're here in Palm Springs, one of my favorite locations. So tell me about yourself, Dimitri. I mean, let's start with you first, and then we'll jump into Solange and how you started this organization, Booch Bully, which I love, and I love the t-shirts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the organization's history really goes back um, to 2011. Um, I think it was an epidemic back then where I witnessed on TV and Seeing people, you know, things like Matthew Shepard and then the Tyler Clemente and kids not being safe to go to school and just reflecting back to my own bullying and um, being called names at that time um, that really stick with you. I know today cyberbullying is a huge, huge input with bullying, but, you know, names still hurt um, and they, those labels carry on. And then also at one point when I first started it of... Uh, my, a family member had committed suicide and she was 12 years old. So then there was like a really good reason to put this into place. And here we are in 2019 and, you know, over practically 17,000 kids that we've served through our, our history. That's amazing. How did you get started, Solange, with um, all this? How well, did you and Dimitri meet? Yeah, well, I tried out for um, an annual kind of talent show thing we have, which is called Desert Scott Talent. So I tried out for that, and I kind of met him through their auditions and everything. So kind of after the whole thing, talent show thing went down, I he had talked with me because I was bullied in elementary school because of the color of my skin, because I am adopted, because I'm a very outgoing type of person, so I was always hated on for that. So I met him through there, and I had shared my experiences with his, 
and, with him, and he talked to me about it, and he asked me if I wanted to maybe become involved with Buddha Bowling, and I, like, loved the idea of it. I looked into it, and it was, like, it's an amazing, it's an amazing group. There's such amazing people in it, and from there, I've kind of, like, we've kind of just gone from there, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and you've blossomed, and now you're the volunteer coordinator, yes, correct, for the high schools. I am. That's awesome. And you're in ninth grade. Do you want to talk about your experiences with bullying? Um, well, my experiences with bullying probably aren't as severe and bad. I never, it never went to the point where I had suicidal thoughts. It never, it never got to that part where I wanted to harm myself or where I wanted to harm others. But it was just that the words that I was told were very hurtful because I took those words to heart, especially when they talked about me being adopted, how my bio parents, I guess, would never have wanted me. So it was kind of like things they said really hurt. And, and how like, old were you exactly? I was, I don't know, I was in elementary school, so probably like 10. Wow. Right, 10, 9, 5th grade. And you know, um, this starts early. Sorry to interrupt you so much. But no, go ahead. We'll continue, but she says it starts like in elementary school. It and, does. And I think last year, just witnessing the amount of elementary kids coming yeah. up and really crying and remembering Either it was like in third or fourth grade, the, the impact that it had. And mm-hmm. it really, I'm getting goosebumps thinking yeah. about that. It really, it really hits kids really hard yeah. when something like that happens really young. And we, well, ask, go sorry, ahead. and we ask kids like what hurts more and they're always like the words hurt more, especially because if an action happens, somebody hits you, they hit you, it's done with, it gets dealt with, forget it. Now, words, they stick with you is also something the kids can relate to because if you're called, like, rude words, and then later on in life you remind yourself of those words, and those words you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You're not always going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember when they, like, hit me and stuff. It's those words that you think about yourself from when they told you, which kind of stick with you and hurt. Right. So what happens with the words is they go into your subconscious mind. They go into your programming, especially from the age of zero to about seven, Mm -hmm. you know, because your mind is being programmed with society, religion, television, media, whatever goes on and school. So that's why those words stick in there. And anytime someone else comes up and says like the same thing, it acts as a trigger. So then it kind of brings up all those feelings and stuff like that that happened. I've even had kids as young as four and five come to clinic to me and complain that they're getting bullied. And I'm like, how can a four-year-old you know, how can a four-year-old be bullied? And I was sitting on the beach one day and this little girl comes over and her name was Olivia and she starts talking to me in Malibu. And she's a really, she was a chatterbox. And, and I just start asking her questions like I would my patients. I'm like, how old are you? She's like, I'm four, puts her fingers up. And <laughs> it's super cute. And so I start asking her about school and her friends. And she t- starts telling me about her friends. And then she's all like, but that Eloise... And I'm like, Eloise, what's going on with Eloise? She's such a bully. And I'm like, what do you mean she's a bully? I mean, you're four. How is a four-year-old bullying you? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, you know, she says this and I try to do that and and I just can't do anything, and ugh, Eloise. And I go, you know what? It's really not Eloise's fault. It's really her mother's fault, because her mother's programming her. I mean, how can a, a four-year-old really know to be mean to you? They get it from the homes. Yeah, they get it from the homes. And and so I go, you know what you got to do to her? You just got to be like, snap out of it, Eloise. And she's like, ha, 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 I like that. I really like that. Snap out of it, Eloise. 
And she's like, I can't snap. Because she was like trying to snap. She goes, I'm just going to tell her. Snap out of it, Eloise. Is that well, I amazing? Do, I, do, I think that's really such great um, recommendation to give a kid. I think, you know, um, it's because, you know, they're really, they do get it. Again, we've heard being out on the field, the scenarios that come from the home environment. We've heard stories where parents are in jail. They're wow. on drugs. Um, no one's there to take care of them. They have no parents. Or were they, they're, where they're like 13, 12, and they have like three other siblings like from the age of two to like four, and mm-hmm. their parents are in jail, so it's on them to be able to take care of the siblings. So it's like... Right, they're yeah. now the parents of yeah, the kids. Yeah, they're now the parents and now. It's yeah. very difficult, you know, until... And I think the best thing about what Buddha bullying does is to bring this to light so their peers understand no matter what grade we're in, because I think that comes up, even, you know, I'm thinking about, I won't mention the school, but the elementary school last year, when the little girl, she started within like three words and crying because her girl's pulling down her panties. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the behavior. And making fun of making her. Making fun of her, like she was, calling her fat. Yeah, like she the, was sitting there talking, and I had to like... Told her she was shaking. She couldn't wow. finish her sentences. So. But she felt as much as I, I applaud whoever comes up to speak. Yes. Because the gratitude that she got after from the her actually I think even one of the little girls because she outed the girl. She was like that yeah, I love it. We had told her like, like don't out the people. Every time, I told her it was hard. She goes, I go, every time I come, I'm like, please but, do not call it. And anybody. the girl. So what happened was, I think we had brought the little girl yes. on the stage. Oh, like, she apologized a little. Yeah, because it's like Jerry Springer. Well, I hope not. But it was very, very adorable because the girl... So, this is a behavior, like you right. said. Kids so, don't know right or wrong. Right. You know, I always say, it's you know, when they start pulling... The little boy starts pulling on the girl's hair, or when the little girl starts pulling or pushing a little boy, that's when you know bullying is starting. Right. Because that is unacceptable. They see that whether at home, maybe they do that to their brothers and sisters. Or maybe right. it Monkey to see, monkey do. Yeah. Right. When I did the cult episode, a couple episodes back, I had Rachel on and she is a licensed family, licensed marriage and family therapist. And she said that a lot of people think abuse is normal. So if there's some type of abuse or behavior or teasing, or some people are very sarcastic, like the Italian family is very, very sarcastic. You know, Greeks too. Her family too. Argentinians, Mexicans too. Yeah, very sarcastic. Get a thick skin, and that's what we've all. What's wrong with you? Exactly. That's what we've all been taught. I mean, even in the healthcare profession, people are like, "Get a thick skin." You know, you can't take it. But there's a lot of bullying, especially in my profession, the nursing profession, I mean, for many, many years. And it gets worse, and now people are committing suicide, just like the kids. I think, look, I'm not a specialist, but from analyzing, at the end of the day, I'm an artist, um, photographer, and this nonprofit, Philanthropy, has been uh, such a big part of my life that now being hands-on and really going to the field and really seeing and observing the behavior, you're like, wow, um, I'm mesmerized because as we come from a cultural, and kids come us to us 
whatever cultural backgrounds they are, it's tough. What culture am I going to pick? Am I picking my American side? Am I picking my Greek side or Italian side or Chinese side? It's very difficult. So that's one part of it. But when you have, I think when it comes from the parents of that foundation, listen, I used to get slapped. That was back in the day where it was acceptable. Right. Now, the belts when my and brother all of was that. Correct. Up, he said to my parents, if you slap me, I'm calling the cops. So the, the discipline, how do you discipline? Not that slapping or punishing or beating up a kid is proper, but now they can't even get suspended. You know, you're not, the suspending is kind of the new norm because the kid will just do anything. It's a launch could vouch for that. Yeah, um, especially kids. It doesn't really nowadays, especially, it, it doesn't really matter to them to get suspended, especially a lot of kids try to get suspended, as Dimitri said, because... They go home and they get their phones and they watch TV and they have friends over. Like, it's like they're home. They sleep in. Like, they get it off easy. So it's kind of like a lot of kids also I've heard who are like, yeah, I don't care to get suspended because I can go home, do what I want, have my phone. And the parents don't care. But they right. don't, like, they're not punished. They go home. They relax. Right. There's no consequences. It's no consequences right. of them going home and relaxing. Like, we had consequences. Oh, we had huge consequences. There would be a slap across the face. Right. I'm not saying that's correct, but that's what we grew up. That, that mm-hmm. was my norm. I don't, I'm not going to say anything about anybody else. My norm was if I didn't get, come home with good grades or my mom, they were both working parents. One during the day, I never saw my mom all night and then my dad. So I was left alone a lot of times mm-hmm. with no one to watch me. Um, so I think what happens is if the discipline, listen, I used to get up at seven o'clock on a Saturday to, to clean the house with my mom or, or rake or um, take garbage out. You know, I refused to go to my uncle's because it was always work there. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Right. But we had some sort of responsibility and to show I, I had to go volunteer at, at the church. You know, those are things I think that come from the foundation of your family. I can't say that to someone else's kid. It's it's very, very true. And I grew up in a very similar way where there were consequences if you got in trouble, you know. And I, I was talking about this with my nurse the other day. And because we were left to our own devices and because we were made to step up to these consequences, if we did uh, get in trouble at school or we were sent home... Uh, we were liable for those things. I mean, nowadays I see kids all the time. Parents come to me and they're like, oh, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. I'm like, then take away the phone. Then then he's grounded, you know. Uh, or the tablet. Or the tablet, right. Uh, no TV. Can't go out with your friends. You can't do this, you know. It, it's like you got to put in the rules. You it's do. like – Parents these I think days. The parents feel like I don't, I'm not saying this for because I really don't know. It's interesting because this topic comes up all the time. Yeah, I get it all the what, time. All the time. You know wh- how? Do, what do parents do? Well, how to discipline? Should, yeah, maybe parents. Parents should, need to be parents, parents and not to be right. friends. And I say that all the time to people. I'm like, you need to be a parent to your child. You know, taking them to Starbucks, playing with them, you know, being with them is Maybe great. Maybe take them to There's a wonderful organizations around, no matter if you're in L.A., what city you live, Palm Springs, Seattle. There's organizations. Go volunteer. There's seniors. There's um, yeah. my mom. There's yeah. My, everything. 
when I was growing up, my mom was a seamstress, so I grew up going. My mom was a seamstress. Really? Too. So what is he? We have so much in common. Italian, Italian Greek. Greek. I love it. Fashion. Fashionista. Yeah, fashionista. That. That's so cool. It's awesome. Uh, so I grew up going to downtown LA to the garment district and I grew up going with my mother and she would point out to the homeless population and she would be like, see, you can be like that. You know, she's like, you need to work hard. You need to study hard. You need to stay out of trouble. And we were, we'd be like, you know, freaked out. We're like, we don't want to be homeless sleeping on the streets. Oh, and now if you, you take know? someone down there, I have pictures. It is crazy. It's really, it's strange. super bad. It yeah. It is super bad. And that comes, I think, a lot of, you see, look, I see young people being homeless. Oh, yeah. Teenagers. Well, there, there's a and whole the organization for teen runaways as I well. Have, like, there's a yeah. friend did a documentary on that, and it's unbelievable how many homeless kids from all walks of life, whether they're kicked out because they're LGBT, exactly. whether they were kicked out because they were adopted and the money ran out, whether they're kicked out for whatever, they were being abused. Mm-hmm. They are so many kids it's out they're there. they're kicked out if they run away. It's like it's they're awful. out there on their own. So it's not just veterans. It's just not people that don't have money. It is all walks of life It's out all there. walks of life. I mean, I know a girl personally who was homeless with her father, was in a shelter, studied really, really hard, got really great grades in high school, made it to UCLA on a full scholarship. Wow. You know, she's a pretty fascinating woman. Well, we hear in the papers, there's one from Palm Springs High School. He was homeless that just got valedictorian. There's yep. this one. It's almost like it makes them work harder I mean, because they're, they're trying they to get out of there. Right. Like well, I think it's your passion. Someone said to me, Dimitri, like, I, we've been doing this for a long time. So launch is about three years mm-hmm. now. But it's a struggle. And, you know, everything's a struggle in life. But right. if you have the passion and if you have the willpower... You know, I love that my friends are noticing me like, wow, he's still stuck to it. Or your friends say, my God, you've been doing this podcast. And yeah. You've been on it for, but that's what it takes. But that's what it takes. It takes passion. And we'll give another scenario when people say, oh God, how did like, I'm going to, I don't know. We'll, we'll take Anna Ferris. Yeah. How did she make it? Well, they, she's been around for a long time. Right. People that make it, whether they're ball players or doctors, they've been around for, it's your passion that gets you. To that next step, kids don't have that passion. I, I I totally agree. I mean, everybody wants to wants it the easy way. They want the they want to be the YouTube star. They want to be you know whatever, and easy. they think it's not easy. That's it's a lot easy. of work. You, you know, make a you got every day. You got to post it every day, and it's day. a lot of work. You yeah, have to put out what time you're. Gonna I mean, post even it. modeling is a job. Even mm-hmm. acting is a job. So, I want to be an actor. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yes, I mean, I've right. stood for photo shoots. You, I've just, been on set. You know, I've done different things on set. That's people think it's a, it is <laughs> exhausting. It's a lot of work. But you were saying? I was saying, you're so funny you brought that up. So for a fundraiser, you know, I'm a photographer. I did um, a headshot fundraiser. So it ends, by the way, tomorrow. Um, but I just wanted to say that the girl, same thing, the lady that I was shooting, she was, oh my God, this is so difficult. Oh yeah. I said, honey, just even getting them, yeah, everything is difficult. And you what I always to tell put people, the love into it to make it happen. Exactly. I always say if it wasn't difficult, everybody would be doing of it. Of course. You know, and because it's difficult, it makes you push, go further. She even but said it's difficult in high school. Yeah. For sure. I was, if it's not <laughs> difficult, then what's the point of goals? Like, 
you exactly. have to have some you have to have a goal in order to be able to pass something that's a difficult like I just started high school and it's like a lot of work. It's stressful. You have to be able to take time <laughs> yeah. out of your day to do the work and it's right. like, to the real you've world. gotta yeah. study every night and you have a test on Wednesday and you have this paper turned and you have this essay. It's like Wow. Exactly. Now, take that. In the real world, you have deadlines. <laughs> you have to respond to emails. Taxes. You have to return phone calls. Mm-hmm. You just don't sit around and let people hang. You know, like the younger generation doesn't know these Mm-mm. these tools on how to respond. You're right. not taught that in school. When I was going in school, I think I had a home and an economics class. Do they have that still? <laughs> they, they still economics have that? Do they have metal shop? They have no. They have economics. They, they have, have a lot of the trades no more. Yeah, I think they're bringing them back. They though. It was raining. Yeah. So there's a, like we were taught schooling was different. Like I had a typewriting class. People say, yeah. "How do you do your keyboard so fast?" I'm thank God I took the typewriting class. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the same thing as a keyboard. Right. Had they had typewriting class. Right. And I had my electric. Right. Remember right. those? Yes. <laughs> I remember the electric and I had a manual one too. But kids don't have. They have the tablet. We go to elementary school. There's about 450 oh, kids. Yes. What do we usually say? We ask how many of you guys in this room have phones or tablets? More than everybody. Everybody raises their hand in the elementary school. And what does that mean? They're sitting there watching. Mm-hmm. They only know how to plug in their right. programs. Yeah. And they don't know how to connect or with people. Or when they have, right. don't have tablets, they don't, know, they don't even know how to go outside. They don't know how to play. It's very play. true. Awful. It's terrible. It's, so I think when we there's a lot these, of adults like that too. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So when you have, so when you have this, um, when you have and bring awareness to these kind of matters, I think it's so important because I think whoever's listening, your kids or your grandkids, mm-hmm. there's such a beautiful. Open up your eyes and there's beauty everywhere, or there's art everywhere. Correct. Be and present to be in the present moment and to be current. And you only right. want so might as well make it worth exactly. Living. And not think about tomorrow because tomorrow may never come. Yes. I always tell people that. So tell us when you go into the schools, what type of assemblies are you doing? I, I mean, you talked about Holy. the little girl <laughs> that you brought up. Do you yes. do? You, do you have a certain person already picked out that you're going to put up, or do you have people raise their hands? So usually, so they're they're broken down in different categories because we service kids from K through twelfth grade. Um, so the elementary kids usually get someone along with here of a Solange, like 12, like 13. Solange last year was doing a lot of the elementary lot schools. Of the elementary and they relate. Yeah. So you need to bring an ambassador that the kids relate to. Um, if it's not a peer, it's hard for them to relate. Yeah, it's hard mm-hmm. for them to peer. Yeah. And also they want, and you know, kids, besides everything else that we talked about, the tablets and stuff, kids are very smart and intuitive. They know, they need, they know BS and they know, oh, yeah. they know BS and they know when to tune out. And, you know, sit. And we're so fortunate that a lot of time, all the time, that they are so engaged in our that's assemblies that, because that's, that is how we know they're really getting something out of it. When they're engaging, they're asking questions, and they're really in tune about their, who they are, about the questions they're asking. So high school and middle school is usually, could be an athlete, it could be someone from a middle school so they can understand what it feels like when they were 13 to mm-hmm. kind of revive and kind of revision what they felt yeah, like they in really that age. Yeah, they were like going back to their middle school years. Like, we remember we had a kid come up and he was like, yeah, I remember my middle school years and how I did this differently and how I wouldn't change it. Like, it's, I think it's important to hear from other peers yeah. and that's the only way kids, and you know, a lot of times, could I be honest, 
they don't know who they're sitting next to at school. It's and very once true. This, and once this dialogue, look, our, we try to make our presentation last about, a lot of times we have about 55 minutes to an hour. Yes. Well, so that's we a long time. To, so yeah. we try to make our presentation within the first half hour and with Q&A, yes. but it really is opened up to them to start a dialogue. It's very much so interaction with them, so that way they can share their stories and like meet somebody like if they don't know who's on stage sharing their story maybe they had a similar story they relate and then boom there's a friend like it's easier for them to share their stories because a lot of times they don't speak out about things that they've experienced like I remember us hearing about kids who like oh I don't tell the administration because I don't know if they're going to help me or not so a lot of them they keep it to themselves so sometimes when they come out it's really like eye-opening to see that they're comfortable and they feel comfortable at least with us to be able to share their stories and to know that, that we're there to, for them to listen to and that like we're there to help them and give them support. So it's good to see that like they enjoy to open up to us, I think, and to hear the type of stories that they experience. I think that's like... That's we really cool. definitely have made some lives change and empower kids. I think the most important is to... The easiest tool um, is just to talk and have a conversation. I agree. And, and, and that's what our, a lot of people don't do anymore. They don't do. But how blessed are we? We grew up with that to right. give back. And that's what I feel like we are doing. And it's not It's not any new template. It's something that has been around exactly for a long time. And it's very similar to what I do with my storytelling shows, with the live shows, is to give nurses and also to give patients and hypochondriacs a voice on stage to tell their stories. Very similar. So as the follow-up, what are the positives that you've seen with your organization when you're going to schools, like the changes with these kids? Because I remember when we were doing The Desert's Got Talent, Mm -hmm. you did have one uh, young female there and she had come in and you're like, oh, she was so shy before and look at her now. Oh, we love Brianna. So, um, Brie Hernandez, we, we love, love her. her. She came as a volunteer and she has been such an ideal volunteer that, that eventually became an ambassador and it's really about opening up their inner fears. You know, she was diagnosed at an early age with um, um, a learning disability mm. um, her mom picked up and um, you know kids made fun of her and you know she felt a little shy and she was closed off and now I'm being like who is this girl wow. you know it's such an amazing she came she's to fearless. see she's, a she's fearless. so fearless she has a boyfriend she's yeah. 22 years old she's not um, afraid to wear a little makeup nope. um, and she's the, I feel like we've changed her we've empowered her I think that's she great. did it herself and we I think that's the key we gave her boom. I agree with Solange I think we're here to give it's okay to be different it is okay yeah. it is to be, okay to be. everybody's problem. different but we want you to be you and we want you to share you on our platform mm-hmm. if that's going to help you come out of whatever come out of your closet mm-hmm. come out as a butterfly from a cocoon to a butterfly we <laughs> want to do that we're there yeah. to do that and we're here to hold your hand because you're not alone no. you're not the first one and you're not going to be the last person that's a big and thing I think, to do too I yeah, think Solange hit it right in the nose on the head I think what we do is just given like Solange we gave the platform mm-hmm. she was already an advocate before we met her you know I saw something intriguing in her yeah, she was great. fearless she was in tenacious. she was going to just conquer yeah. um, and that's the kind of empowerment we're not here to put, look, there's a triangle when it comes to bullying. It's the bully, the person that's doing the bullying, and then the, per, the person 
that's watching, which is the bystander. So all three are guilty. Not guilty, I shouldn't be so harsh, but all three are involved. So if you don't address or kind of have an inclusiveness of everyone, you're never going to know anyone. Mm-hmm. The why. It's very true. You know, there's <laughs> reasons we've heard. She gets hit at home by her brother. She's going to come to school and, and hit. And hit, exactly. She gets called ugly and fat. She's, She's going to come, come to school. school. Ugly and fat. It's you very true. You look at me the wrong way. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's this true. Is and, and it goes the same for adults as well. Because in the nursing profession, I found that out too. You know, there there's a, a, a bit of oppression that goes on. So when a person is so oppressed and they're getting crap from another side... They're going to come into the office and do it. And what I saw in nursing was it's like I got bullied and what happened? I started bullying. And so someone came to me and said, just because you were bullied doesn't mean you have to bully this newbie when you were bullied as a newbie. And I had one day the person who once bullied me as a new grad nurse come up to me at a Kmart and start crying and say, I'm so sorry I bullied you. You know, I was in a, I was not in a good frame of mind, and I was not in a good place in my life. That's back really then. big of them to come. It's huge, it's huge. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we have to have empathy for the other person because honestly, I don't know what deep you don't down. Know what so, comes and does her work with Buddha bowling, but she might be going through a hard day. Exactly. You, know, you might, you're here to do the podcast, but who knows what happened before you right. got here? Yeah. And that goes on with everybody. Right. You know, perfect sample example. My brother comes this morning. And I'll use my brother, <laughs> and I'm going to tell him what channel this is on so you can watch and listen yes. to Yes. Um, so my brother yeah. comes in with his partner. They're off to San Diego, new grandson, blah, blah, blah. But they come to our house to drop off the two extra dogs so my mom and I can watch them. No big deal. We usually do that. But the way my brother came in and inflicting that on us was not really cool. And I actually, the old me would have not texted him. But I wanted him and his partner to understand we're not a drop-off pet service here. Um, Mom and dad live here. Exactly. You bring that energy here. Now I'm going to hear it from mom. And it's a, and I heard it for another 45 minutes, the grief that she is. <laughs> yeah. I work hard day. I'm like, oh, my love. Yeah. But you don't bring that energy. Take a deep breath outside. Exactly. And come inside yeah. fresh. Leave it at the door. I mean, I even know for myself what I did at my past workplaces. And now I'm much more self-aware. I've had lots of, I've done lots of hypnotherapy. I've done lots of work. Even the podcast has helped me where I can take a step back. And if I'm not having a good day, I'm like, you know what? It's not you. It's just me. I'm just not having a good day. Or when I'm triggered by somebody, I will be like, okay, this is, you know, not doing well. Let me take a step back. And I'll be like, you know, sorry if I did anything wrong or whatever, taking my own accountability or just be like, eh, this is not good. Or telling that person, okay, you know, I didn't appreciate you said A, B, and C, and this is not cool. And just to make them aware and just to have them snap out of it, you know. We but, don't need to be snapped out of something. they're so used to it that they don't even notice exactly. anymore. Yeah, because I, I they're totally on a agree. loop. Yeah. They're totally on a loop. And, that, and you have to topic. snap out of their that's, loop. That's that topic for next time is called entitlement. Entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Dimitri, you have a pitch. Um, no, not really. My, I just want to say thank you to all your listeners and you thank for you. having yes. us on And thank you for Solange. Oh God, Can yes, you take us out on a song? Can you sing for us? 
Do you have anything? Um, I don't really. I haven't we're learned pra- anything new we're yet. We're practicing the one for the we're, kids for the elementary school. We're practicing, yeah. Listen the, for that. We're the Rihanna right. one. The Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. We're Great. There. Well, thank you so much, Dimitri and Solange, for being on Nurses and Hypochondriacs. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we're going to have links to Bucci Bullying if anybody would like to contribute or have Bucci Bullying come to your school or buy the most amazing t-shirts that I wear all the the time and the wristbands, (laughs) all the swag. Everything's on www.bootabulling.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Bye.